We're middle of the res road. We're your hosts, Morgan, Ricky, and Alyssa. We're here to share the success stories of people who took the opportunity to join the trades and how these opportunities can be achieved by anyone looking for success. Our work may be seasonal, but our stories don't have to be. Become your own success story. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here with uh, more of a unique episode this week. Um, Something we haven't really talked about on our podcast before, but we're very excited. Uh, We have Sadie here, and I'm not going to tell you guys what she does. She can. Um, But before we get into that, Alyssa, you have some events for us, I believe, for this weekend. Yeah, I just have one event for this weekend. Um, It is Native American Heritage Month, as everybody knows. So there is a Native American Heritage Month round dance on Saturday, November 12th in Fortune Bay at the resort and casino there. And it starts at 6 p.m. So if anybody is in that area, they can head on over there and Get their roundy on. Good old roundy. Get their roundy on. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Anything else? That That's all the only event I have. All right. And I noticed, and watching a couple of our last episodes, we haven't been doing a trivia question. We haven't. I so miss it. I'm going to give away a little bit, but the trivia question is, in 2021... How much money did Colorado make from medicinal and recreational marijuana sales? Oh, my God. So I'll tell you guys at the end. But for now, let's get into our interview with Sadie. We get to make guesses? Yes. Yeah, we'll guess at the end. (laughs) Okay, at the end. All right. So we have some time to think about it, and then we'll come back to it. Okay. So, Sadie... Would you introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, So I'm Sadie Shannon. I work for a large uh, medical marijuana company in the state of Missouri. Um, And a little bit about myself is I'm a crazy plant lady, for one. So that's (laughs) what brought me to what I do today. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Crazy plant lady through and through. I don't care. And... uh, yeah, so that that's who I am, and a little bit about myself is, uh, I don't know, I just do what I got to do and always set goals and always try to accomplish them and just, yeah. I hear you're one of those, I always have to keep working. I do. <laughs> I do always have to keep, I like to keep busy. I like to keep, I like to be productive, I like to be busy, and uh, um, I don't know, it, it, that, that comes too, from being a part of the industry, I think, um, I don't know, just, it's so exciting to be a part of something innovative mm-hmm. and, and different. And I kind of like to sometimes not argue with people, but kind of get in debates with people. And this yeah. is the industry for that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Cause and it's <laughs> so. also brand new still. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's exciting. That's exciting in itself for sure. What about, um, what about like, do you have family, kids? Then you said you live in Missouri. Oh, yeah, those, yeah, I forget. Oh, family, right? <laughs> I forget about my kids. I forget about my kids. Oh, dang it. All right. All right. So I, I am married, um, and I do have two kids. I got two girls, two toddlers. So it's a How lot old of fun. are they? 
I've got one that's four years old and one that's two years old. So <gasps> the terrible two, the awful terror. And she <laughs> she takes that title and runs with it. She's like, the she's queen of sassy. The queen <laughs> of sassy. Yes, literally. You told her her hat was cute the other day, and she just looks at me, just whips it off. I'm like, fine, it's not cute. You know, it's ugly as hell. So. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. She's like, don't. <laughs> yeah, she's literally just don't look at me. Oh, cute. I don't want it. Yeah. So she takes the cake with terrible twos for sure. Um, And then you live in Missouri. You have mm-hmm. lived in Minnesota before, correct? I have. So mm-hmm. I've lived in four states now. Actually. Oh, yes. Yes. yes I, I've lived. I born, raised Minnesota. Good old Fond du Lac. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I moved to Nevada in 2015. And then I moved to the state of Arizona in, I want to say it was 2018. Yeah. And then I moved to Missouri in 2021. Which one's your favorite? Oh, that's a good question. My <laughs> favorite so far is, I would say, man, I do love Missouri because Minnesota is cold. Like, this is miserable. I don't know how you guys... Today is miserable. I'm wearing it's a cold. hat. Yes, you're wearing a hat Inside. indoors because <laughs> it's so cold. I like to be all cold. Uh, but I would say Missouri I like the most so far because it has all the seasons. The fall is beautiful. Mm. The colors are super bright. Uh, the spring is beautiful. Like somehow the trees just turn for whichever season it is. They're green in the summer and they turn purple. Some of them turn like dogwood trees. Purple. They're purple. They've oh, got cool. white trees. They've got pink trees. Like it's it's crazy and then in the fall they have the brightest reds i've ever seen <gasps> yeah and all of them are like that color uh you know because it doesn't get as cold so it's kind of yeah. i like missouri because it reminds me of minnesota but without the crazy winter you know Alaska. so you don't get as much snow as minnesota does right yeah we get like maybe i think like five or six inches like a couple oh. days a year yeah that's ideal <laughs> that is ideal. yeah and it doesn't get below like I don't know, like, I think the coldest I've seen. I've only lived there for a year now, you know, but yeah. I think the coldest was, like, 20 degrees or something like that at night. So, yeah, it was, like, 80 degrees last week. Oh, my God. I know. I'm, I'm moving there. <laughs> <laughs> but Minnesota's cool, too. Uh, and, too, yeah. the personalities. It's always cool to travel because, you know, Air- Nevada was cool to see, the desert life and how people live there. And then Arizona was neat, a lot like Nevada. So I live, like, right on the border of Nevada and Arizona. So Arizona, you just cross the border of Nevada in like 10 minutes and then you're in Arizona. So oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's how I lived in both states is they're literally right next to each other in Laughlin, Nevada is where I lived first. So um, anyways, it's interesting to see the people and the, the culture and the, the communities. And uh, it definitely I see in the Midwest, the Midwest nice is a thing. Not <laughs> the thing in Arizona or Nevada. <laughs> they're nice, but in their own way. Yeah. <laughs> And up here, you know, people wave at you, and uh, they're just more more willing to help. And then, like, they're you know they're they're a little more wary, you know, not like to, not sure. to themselves type of thing. Yeah, yeah, like to and like to get to know you really first, and uh, yeah, so it's a it's a different vibe for sure. I was in Hobby Lobby the other the other day, and I was going to go put a cart back, but somebody was like in front of me, mm-hmm. and we sat there for like two minutes, going, "No, go ahead." Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when we were coming here, we saw, uh, like, 
we saw these vehicles that were trying to like get into this Wendy's or whatever. And so there was like an SUV trying to leave. And then there was another SUV, like also <laughs> trying to leave. And then there was one trying to get in. And like, literally they were slowly inching into where they needed to be. And we're all just thinking like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'll just, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> like that's all. Let me sneak past you. <laughs> yeah. Let me just sneak past you. Oh shoot. Yeah. Let me go, let me go more to the right. <laughs> yeah. that minnesota nice it is a real thing and i i i miss it i do love it so missouri minnesota are pretty cool together very cool so you haven't answered yet but what do you do for work oh did i not answer okay so you just said said the industry (laughs) okay (laughs) it's a mystery it's a mystery yeah (laughs) right so um i kind of do a little bit of everything so the inside joke and i gave the title to my to myself because I got it from my mom actually is Swiss Army Indian right so <laughs> kind of do a little <laughs> bit of everything <laughs> uh, so I am currently the director of agricultural sciences and cultivation so that's my current title and I was a head I started as a gardener as a head grower then I was just the director of agricultural sciences and then I moved to Missouri and then I do both where I run a whole facility on top of uh, advising and running the sciences behind what we do what do you guys do well, we uh, grow and sell uh, medical marijuana in Missouri. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. So that's that's what we we have a thirty thousand square foot cultivation facility in Missouri, in Green Valley, Missouri, and the company I work for is called Missouri Made Marijuana, and then we have actually a dispensary in Joplin, Missouri. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we grow our own from the very beginning, the time that they were just little cuttings and grow them all up. And uh, once they're ready for harvest, we chop them down and uh, hang dry them, cure them, send them out for testing and then package and then to dispensaries. So we sell primarily first pick it's, you know, is our store in Joplin. And then we sell to, how many do I got now? like 11 dispensaries wholesale that I wholesale to right now. And it's all medicinal? It's all medicinal right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Missouri isn't, uh, I don't know what the term is. Uh, Legalized and recreational? Okay. Uh, No, it's not. uh, But it's on the ballot Tuesday, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Tuesday is an exciting day. I think there's five states actually on the ballot this year for recreational marijuana. Yeah, uh, let's see, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Missouri, and those are the three that I know for sure, and then there are two other ones um, in the Missouri region that are on there. I can't pick them up right now, but yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember if Minnesota was going to be one of those states or not. I can't remember either. Did you hear they accidentally legalized, like, some of it, like the the tea and I can't remember what else the tea, oh, and edibles. They accidentally legalized the edibles. <laughs> Dang it. They were like, oh, shoot. Yeah, <laughs> that's. <slipped> in there. <laughs> Literally, that's what happened. Like, they're like, oh, what, what does that And happen? they were like, well, can we re vote on it? <laughs> can we re vote on it? <laughs> no, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. No gives yeah. us taxis. <laughs> for real. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that good? that's good for you guys, though. Well, I, I, I don't partake. Not you guys, you <laughs> Minnesotans. Do you do you feel that marijuana or recreational marijuana is going to be good for like the community in the state? So, in in my opinion, I I do believe that it is. 
And, it, it, of course, you know, everyone's probably like, well, of course she thinks that. She's in the industry. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But also, too, though, if you knew me, you'd know that I'm in the industry to help people. Right? It's I actually, just a quick backstory. When I got into the industry, I never even tried marijuana. I was not a marijuana fan when I started working and growing marijuana. And so I am completely about statistics and data. That's what drives me, right? Mm -hmm. And when I look through statistics and data, I see more good than bad. Um, The thing about medical marijuana, and yes, you see that too. And medical marijuana is fantastic. It's a good intro though, um, because for example, in Missouri, you have to get a patient card and you have to renew this patient card every year. And to get a patient card, you have to go see a doctor that's willing to see you. And then you have to tell them why you think you need this medicine. And then they give you the prescription and then you go and apply for it. And it costs you 150 to $200 to get this patient card. And you have to get this patient card every single year, right? Okay. And um, so that's a process in itself in the cost to you that you already have to, to put into it. Um, also too, a lot of people are scared of being labeled for a good reason with yeah. with the kind of the opinions that you hear about marijuana still that reside in this country in certain states. Um, you know, people are afraid to be labeled. So you have a cost and then you have that label that you're just putting on yourself. Right. When you get prescription drugs, does does everyone, is a cop able to know that? Is like, are these people able to just know what your pharmaceuticals are unless you tell them? Right. In patients, like, there's, like, a statistic on it. Like, the state tracks who you are mm-hmm. and why you needed it, right? And, and a lot of people don't like that. Um, I don't mind it because it's a program. It's a medical program that is part of the government, right? And so, to me, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm yeah. a patient uh, cardholder. That doesn't bother me. But there are people that it bothers. And I feel like for medicine, I feel like people shouldn't have to feel that way or, or I don't know for a medicine like this, that doesn't Mm -hmm. have like, uh, like really bad side effects and, uh, is something that our mother earth gave us. And I don't know, it's kind of weird to think about medical marijuana. Right. And, um, anyways, and, and so recreational is different because you don't, have to go get a patient card and you can use it as you need it and that too if your patient card laps it could be a couple months before you get another one and if you're really dependent on it which isn't something that's and i say dependent on it i don't mean like a dependency like a chemical dependency in yeah, your like brain. yeah addiction or yeah you, you literally but like for pain for pain, yeah. right, exactly. You literally, by the way, um, they found, and the Salk Institute con- confirmed this, you cannot get addicted to marijuana. There are literally no compounds in marijuana that can cause an addiction. Hmm. That's a solid science. And so when I say dependency, I mean just like if you're a coffee drinker, you need that to get up in the morning, that's the same thing. Yeah. Right? It's something you depend on to get your day going. Um, so when you have to have a patient card, you know, you got to make sure that you renew it and then it can take months if it laps. And so anyways, it's kind of a, a, can be a pain to access, right? And recreational too is beneficial, um, not only for a sense of freedom to it, uh, but it's also beneficial to the state. Uh, Missouri since October of 2020 has made 113 million in taxes. 
oh, wow. off of medical marijuana. That's if, a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> if it goes recreational, they anticipate to make $40.8 million more off yeah. of it. And how it benefits communities, right? So it depends on the state. Okay, so Missouri, for example, uses its tax money for veterans, and it uses it for um, public defender system, yeah, and uses it for roads and that kind of stuff. And actually, so far, six million dollars has gone to the Missouri uh, Veteran Commission. Oh wow, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, so six million dollars veterans have already gotten in the state of Missouri because of medical marijuana. And so if we think about recreational, that in adding that 40 million more, that's going to add like, a couple mil. Yeah, and yeah. how much just that money alone will help the community grow and yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, right? And now a message from our sponsor, Polymet Mining. Did you know that Northern Minnesota has the world's largest untapped deposit of copper, nickel, and other precious metals? and that these raw materials are the building blocks of modern life, used in everything from life-saving medical devices to cell phones, computers, solar farms, and electric cars. Polymet Mining plans to supply American industry with these essential metals from a mine and processing facility near Hoyt Lakes. It's a project that will create hundreds of family-sustaining jobs in both its construction and operation phases all while meeting every single strict federal and state environmental standard. Learn more about this vital work at polymetmining.com. Right, it, it is. So I did have a question. It kind of goes back to when you were first talking, mm-hmm. where how you didn't really know much about marijuana or anything. So how did you, why did you get into it or how even? So it's kind of a weird, like I just stumbled into it. <laughs> no joke. Like, accidentally. <laughs> like it was kind of accidentally. I, uh, to move, so how I moved from Minnesota is I just felt like I needed a change of pace. I, I've always had this drive to want to help people. Um, always. It's why I've worked in certain jobs that I've worked in, like working for the Fond du Lac's uh, adolescent treatment centers. And so I feel like I wasn't doing enough for the world. So I just like, well, maybe if I just go someplace else. And my main purpose actually was to pursue my arts, right? And so I looked at a map. I'm like, oh, Nevada has Las Vegas, big city. They got galleries, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I just looked at this map and I was like, oh, Laughlin, Nevada. <laughs> right there. Yeah, I was like, literally, <laughs> oh, that. And then I looked up the demographics and, like, the cost. I was like, okay, it's cheap to live there. Small town, seems safe, you know. Well, I guess I'll just live there. So I saved up money and moved there, got an apartment. And so what I didn't know is that Laughlin doesn't pay much. It's a casino town. It's like the poor man's strip is what they call it. <laughs> oh. It has like 11 casinos in Laughlin, this tiny little town. So that's where people go when they can't really afford to get the Vegas experience or they oh. just want a quieter area instead of Vegas. Laughlin's the place to go. It's a great town for that. Yeah, hmm. that's what I hear all the time. Like when I was working at the casino is Laughlin is way better than Vegas. Yeah, yeah. You get a lot more for your money. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that for sure. You know, Vegas is, I've done the Vegas thing. That's cool too. It just depends. It's just a humble, mm-hmm. say that, not poor man's humble Vegas. Uh, so anyways, uh, the jobs there weren't paying too much. Like casino jobs usually don't always pay the best, right? And then retail jobs don't either. So I got a job as assistant manager for Route 21 and it paid like $10 an hour. 
And so there was this grow literally up the road from Rue 21 that was hiring for people. They were published in this article, in this little Laughlin article, and they're talking about how they just opened and they're getting their, you know, things rolling. And uh, my friend at the time was all stoked about it and wanted to go work there. And I was like, okay, good for you. Bye. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, he was like, well, well, you know, I told him that I have a friend and, you know, they really want to meet you because you're from Minnesota and you grow, you know, you, I, I'm a crazy plant lady, right? My mm-hmm. mom's a crazy plant lady. She probably hate me for saying that, but she is. And it's in her blood, <laughs> she right? She can't deny it. <laughs> she can't deny it. She's like 20 <laughs> plants in her tiny little. So, and being Ojibwe people, right? Anishinaabe, we're plant people. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's in our blood. And uh, anyway, so they were interested. They wanted me to come check out the grow. My friend wanted me to go to this interview. I was like, no, no, I'm not getting into marijuana. No. The devil's lettuce. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> the devil's lettuce. And it wasn't so I just I it wasn't the plant. It was more so like, I don't know, I, I was ignorant. I had this thought about people that were involved in it that I just didn't want to be a part of that group. And so I didn't want to go. But anyways, I was convinced, obviously, went. (laughs) And as soon as I walked into this grow facility, they had like hundreds of plants in this room. And they were so green and so beautiful. And I just looked at, I was like, oh. This is my place. This is my place. <laughs> it's like, this is my home now. Okay. <laughs> I just, I didn't care what they were. They were plants and they were beautiful. And yeah. um, the people there were so passionate. So Chris DeGraff is our director of dispensaries. And uh, he he was working at the facility and he was so passionate about it. He came from Colorado and he was telling me about how he saw this lady at the dispensary who couldn't really walk, like had a walker. And then mm. after, you know, using it for a bit now she just walks right in just fine and uh he was just telling me these amazing stories and his passion for it i was like wow this is this is cool and they showed me like how their inventory how they track the plants it wasn't willy-nilly cool yeah they like had, it was all science it was all science and in invent like they weren't super like what we are today but they at least had like uh, foundation, right? It wasn't just people like throwing plants around and just like doing whatever. They had structure, right, to what they were doing and method. So I, I liked it. And I was like, I, I want to be here. And they offered me a better wage. And then I started, I was like the fourth or fifth employee that the company hired. Cool. Yeah. So started there as a gardener. I was like, do whatever. I'll, I swept floors. I cleaned walls. I carried heavy pots around. I just was like, whatever. Work me like a dog. I don't care as long as I'm with plants. I was like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It's yeah. just with these plants. I just love them. So, yeah. it's uh, So, basically stumbled into it and forced into it is what. <laughs> well, that's cool, though, because, you know, that's some, you obviously, you said that's something that you've never thought that you'd be doing. And now, yeah. here you are, probably, you said you moved there in 2015. Yeah. So you're what into it seven years now? Seven years. Yeah. yeah. And now life career? Is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. um, It's, I don't, it is. I love this. I don't, I don't see myself doing anything else, but at the same time, it circles back to, I always have an open mind. Right. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what brought me into that facility is as much as I just had this nagging voice. of like, no, 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 no. Yeah. At the same time, my other part of me is like, you can't, learn and you cannot grow just having this vision this tunnel vision of life 
Yeah. Because the world is so much more wonderful than that. And you can't grow just thinking you know everything. And, uh, yeah, so that's what, you know, that's what brought me in. And that that open-mindedness gave me a career that I know I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. And I've learned so much. I've met brilliant human beings from mm-hmm. aerospace engineers. Literally, I've met uh, PhDs in organic chemistries that I call friends now. Um, I've met physicists. Literally, you wouldn't think that you'd meet these wonderful people, but I have, and they're brilliant, and they're humble, and um, I've traveled, and the plants taught me a lot, too. I think learning from things like plants or animals, mm-hmm. it's different than learning from people. Um, you know, we think that when we think about plants, and I always say this all the time, plants are smarter than people. <laughs> and people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. <laughs> but I literally learned that they they are because we, we think as intelligence as a consciousness, right? If you don't have a consciousness, then how can you really be intelligent, mm-hmm. right? But we don't understand that biochemistry is an intelligence in itself. And plants function with their biochemistry. For example, um, we have one hormone that deals with stress, right? Humans do when Mm -hmm. we're stressed. We have cortisone that we release when we're stressed out. Cortisone puts you in a fight or flight mode, your genes. It turns on genes that were methylized, which means they're just sitting in idle, right? Like a car in neutral. That's what a methylized gene is. So when you're just sitting there uh, and you're stressed out, your cortisone turns on your genes, puts you in a fight or flight mode to deal with your stress, Anyway, so plants have nine hormones that do that for them, right? So it depends on what stress you give them, whether it's a root zone stress, uh, like too cold or too hot in the roots or drought, um, or a pest is munching on them. The pest is munching on them. Um, they're going to release a different thing. For the root zone, it's going to be salicylic acid. For uh, heat or cold in the air, <laughs> it's going to be abscisic acid. They just have all these hormones, and each one deals with a different stress, That's crazy intelligent, right? Yeah. And then they have a a secondary metabolic pathway, it's called, which also fascinates me. We still know, like, in the grand scheme of things, when we talk about this part of a plant, like, this much. And all the things we know, we know, like, that much about what this is. And what that does is it allows plants to change within a 24-hour period. So what I mean by change is, like, so say you want to be taller, right? Well, okay, that's going to take... A long time. Breeding and evolution, <laughs> a long, long time to change a gene that would make you taller. Plants can do it in 24 hours. Uh, for example, there's a tobacco plant that they discovered this through. It was being fed on during the day by a pest. And so what this tobacco plant did when it would bloom, it used to bloom during the day, it wouldn't get fed on. It bloomed at night. It changed its blooming cycle so it wouldn't get fed on anymore. Oh, weird. Right? Really weird. That's cool. It is. And if you guys ever look up uh, what plants talk about, PBS publishes super cool documentary. They used to have not on Netflix, but they took it off. Go on YouTube and look it up. They mm-hmm. talk about things like that where trees will help their young, right? So when, little, when trees are little, they can't produce carbon. So when they have big trees next to them, the reason why is the big trees will connect their roots so that they can give the little trees carbon oh, until they can baby. produce their own. It's a baby. <laughs> they take care of their young. And even if it's not that tree's young, it will still reach out to help it. And another cool biochemistry intelligence, we'll just go into this quick, is uh, fungus. Fungus is fascinating, right? So it's called like the wide wood network underneath a forest. And mm-hmm. 
that's a that's another cool one you can look up on YouTube. And so that uses so trees have their roots in right, and then there's fungi that will actually attach themselves to the roots of trees. And what they do is they'll send signals to other trees for that one tree, right? Like a talking network. Oh yeah. yeah. And then in return, fungi gets sugars from the tree. It's a symbiotic relationship that they use to communicate. So, again, a very intelligent method, right, in different forms. So what you're saying is we're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that we just get, uh, <laughs> I think we just get distracted sometimes. True. I, you know, in these these things, you know, they they don't they don't always help. They're wonderful tools, but they don't always help. And um, I think we don't have much. Uh, self-awareness. I learned that actually from a Buddhist. I used to meditate with Buddhists in Las Vegas. They had this monastery that would open up for an hour. Cool. Yeah. So I, I took the advantage and they just open up their gates. So I would go in there one day because I always was fascinated by their culture. And I was like, okay, there's like no one to guide you. And I just like walk around and they had like apartments and stuff. And I saw this big old temple with like these marble pillars. Oh, that's cool. So I just walked in there and said, take my shoes off. So I took my shoes off and I walk in there and then these monks are sitting on the floor in front of this huge buddha statue just meditating just grabbed a mat and went and sat next to him anyways i did that for a bit and what i learned is that yeah we're we're distracted so it's not so much that we're stupid we're just um distracted and when you're distracted you don't always think of everything around you and then when you don't think of everything around you you kind of get tunnel vision right right and then when you have tunnel vision like i said before it's hard to learn when you know everything already it's, yep. it, it's hard to see the cool things around you when you're not looking around and you're just like this. So, wow, yeah. you really are a crazy plant lady. I am. A, <laughs> <laughs> I am the queen of crazy plant ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been talking about all the science and all the biology and all of that. Did you go to college for this? So. Funny enough, I have not gone to college for this. I thought I would be an artist. I was actually accepted into MCAD. Uh, it's in Minneapolis. It's one of the best art schools around. It's a private school. I was accepted in MCAD at 18. I thought I was going to go for animation. And turns out, um, so I did all I had to do, uh, got all the money I needed, capped out scholarships. I got like $60,000 worth of scholarships. Dang to go to MCAD. But I still, even after the military helping, after uh, my scholarships that I got from the school, I need like 40000 still to pay for my tuition. And being a person who didn't grow up in the uh, middle-class family, we were poor, right? Uh, and now with the way that everything happened with student loans at the time, you couldn't get a student loan without credit. So I didn't have any credit, and none of my family had the means to you know, co-sign for a student loan. So anyways, I didn't end up going to school, long story short. And I was going to work a regular job to get my credit up so I could go do my dream, go to school. Yeah. I met this brilliant gentleman named uh, Mike Crump at this seminar. I was working for surveillance for the Fond du Lac surveillance at their casino, Black Bear Casino at the time. Okay. And I went to the seminar and this super cool dude was teaching about how to keep an eye out for theft, right? Because that's our job in surveillance. And he's talking about, like, how to count cards, how to catch card counters, how to, you know, tell if an employee might be stealing from the gift shop, just little things. And 
Anyways, he even, this guy was so cool. There would be four blackjack tables we'd be all playing at in the seminar. Mm -hmm. All of them would have like two or three decks. This dude kept the count on all four of them at one time. And there was like three players at least per table. Oh my God. I know. Could you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) So he's brilliant. Anyways, he was a really cool person. um, And I actually had the opportunity to like pick his brain. Because I like stayed after. I was like, okay, you're super brilliant. I got to pick your brain. I'm that kind of nerd, right? I got to pick your brain. And I told him about my situation. And I asked him how he got to where he was. Because he's owned like five businesses. Super successful man. Oh, wow. Yeah, super successful. And I told him I was, you know, trying to get to school, that kind of stuff. And he's like, you know what? College is wonderful. It's wonderful. It really is. He's like, but don't be discouraged if you can't go. He's like, because here's the thing. This knowledge, this education is out in the world. He said, especially nowadays with the internet and our phones, it's out there. And he said, with college, though, you are told what to learn, which is nice. It's convenient, right? You're told what you should learn. You're told what you need to know. And then you're structured that way. You're structured to succeed with them. He's like, now, if you don't go to school, the difference is, is you can still get that knowledge. You're just going to have to put in the legwork for it. So instead of it being given to you, you're going to have to, uh, sorry about that. You're going to have to go get it yourself. And he told me his story. He went to business school for a year and then he's like, okay, I'm not learning crap here. I'm done with this. He literally quit that day just on his own, just quit business school Went into a Goodwill store, bought like 20 books on business, and within a month was making several hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow. wow. In a month. So he told me he never went back to school. And he owned five businesses. It was a brilliant person. So, But he said it's not easy. It's not right, easy no. to learn yourself. Yeah. So he said, if you can, go, go. But do not let the world take you down if you can't because you still have the power to educate yourself. Do you think... You'll ever go back or you'll ever go to school again? I would like to um, just because I like I feel like when you put yourself in environments like that where people have one goal and people are there to better themselves. That's what college is. Everyone is there to better themselves. Mm -hmm. That's what attracts me. Because I think I would, not only just the material that would be provided to me by the school, but I would meet individuals who could teach me so much. Yeah, somebody who wants the same thing you, something you do. Right, exactly. And I could learn a ton. And I learned that going to seminars. And I've been to San Diego. Uh, I'd like to go to the PEG conferences. So it's the Plant Animal International Genome Conference. I went to one of those in 2018. And that's where I met my friend Katie, who's a PhD in organic chemistry. And Katie taught me. So yeah, right, you go to this conference, it was crazy. I mean, there were scientists from Japan, from China, from Germany, from everywhere you could think of talking about plant in animal sciences and I go around walking around and I've run into Katie who just has this little poster up right because they had this like side thing so they had their workshops and then they had this little poster area where people could like show their projects that they're Mm -hmm. working on so I she's just this bubbly young woman and just had this like really cool artsy poster so like oh tell me about your story so I learned from Katie that plants actually talk to them talk to each other like an avatar yeah, like an avatar. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it is. That's literally, that's literally what it was. I'll tell you how she found it. So she had an experiment where she had a large crop of maize plants. And so she had one plant that she infested with a pest, okay? And then the other ones she did not. 
And then she found that this one plant was ramping up a terpene. So terpenes are what we smell and what we taste in plants, like uh, um, cilantro and stuff, that mm-hmm. distinct taste. That's called a terpene. Every plant has it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she found that this plant ramped up terpenes because that's what they do. They use terpenes not to make themselves, you know, whatever, tasty to us. Maybe, I don't know. But... <laughs> Maybe it's like a plot to take over us. I don't know. (laughs) But they do it um, because it's also for defense. Okay, They release terpenes to defend themselves. And what she found was when this plant was releasing this terpene and ramping up the production of it to protect itself from the pest, to mitigate the problem, she started to see other plants around it that didn't have the pest. Started. Doing the same thing. Ramped up the same exact terpene. Wow. She's able to conclude that Plants talk to them to each other and warn each other using terpenes. That's so cool, right? Just helping their friends. Just helping their <laughs> friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So to circle back, um, yeah, I would go to school for that exact reason because every time I go to something like that, I meet incredible people that teach you new things. And even if the college curriculum is a waste of my time. At least I'm the, going to bet. The people are what's going to make it worth it. Exactly. I'm willing to bet that that would ha- be what would happen. Yeah. So would science, sciences be what you want to go to? Or would you go back and try to fulfill your art? Ooh, the, <laughs> the number one question. It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> um, art is wonderful, I think. So for me, art literally breathes life into my heart and Mm -hmm. will bring grace to my soul right yeah but it doesn't i don't see it right now accomplishing my goal which is to better humankind in some way some shape or form if i were to die tomorrow i'd like to know that i contributed to the whole in some degree and uh art i'm sure can do art is very important very beautiful yeah that's what i was kind of going to say it I, I was gonna art, say. art kind of shapes the, the course of human history, I believe. You're absolutely right. It really does. Um, I think, though, that plants, when I learn that we don't know too much about them, we know a lot about them, even at that conference, but we still have pieces that we don't know. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, when we don't know certain things, if we knew them, that maybe we could grow as a, a humankind, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like maybe something that they, just like marijuana, right? It's just a plant, but it helps so many people. There's statistics, it helps people. Yeah. And it's it's one thing that we unlocked that has helped millions of people. And now is going worldwide. Countries are legalizing it in their whole, Germany, Canada, right? They're legalizing in their whole country because they believe in it, how much it helps their their country. and. So art will, but, and art does, art has. Um, but I feel like that movement and that mystery to it as a mystery to mm-hmm. it, like what are the secrets of these plants? I don't know. I think I would go for um, plant sciences, some degree of uh, plant science is what I would have. I'd have to look at all the programs and everything to know exactly which one. Right. But I would have to go into plant sciences because there's such a mystery there, and I think that unlocking them, I think not only will it better us medicinally or in other means, but um, I don't know. I think the world also needs humility at the same time. I think the Ojibwe commandments, humility being one of them, I think that needs to be more of a worldwide 
uh, trait mm-hmm. in people. Yeah. I think if we had that, I think we would see a lot better, uh, more progress, more movement, more love, more care, more kindness. I feel so. like more people willing to learn as well. Yes, exactly. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> if people were just willing to listen and to learn. Everybody gets along? What? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> and we won't always get along, you know? We won't always get along. Even, I'm sure, Tibet, right? The most peaceful place on earth arguably before china took it over and made it a nuclear dump site which most people don't know but that happened uh minneapolis <laughs> was actually one of the places that took in a lot of tibetan people funny enough oh, i did not know that yeah uh when china went over and uh, took over the land uh, and exiled all the tibetan people um minnesota was one of the one that took oh. a lot of them in mm-hmm. very cool right interesting fact yeah, it is. And they were they were very kind, very sweet people. They didn't have police. They didn't have armies. They did barter systems. They didn't have money. Um, if you won the Powerball today. Don't bring that up. <laughs> if I, I lost. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> if I was angry with you or jealous, that wouldn't be within the Tibetan culture. Right. Your blessing. So you know how we get jealous if someone's more beautiful than us or has mm-hmm. a better house? That wasn't part of their culture. If you were living better, that would be a blessing on me. Even though I didn't get any of your money or do anything or have any. Yeah. It, it was still, still a blessing. Everybody was happy for each other. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, anyways, will we always get along or perfectly along? No, but we could certainly be a lot better. And uh, so, yeah, I would I would have to go for sciences because I think that we need more in, in this world for sure. So, and I'd like to be a part of it. It's very beautiful. Thanks. I think you'll get there. Thank you. And if I don't, that's fine too. Yeah. I've, I've been told, so I've had uh, people with degrees work with me. I've got friends with degrees that I teach things too. As much as they teach me things, I mm-hmm. teach them because I think we undermine the value of experience. You know what I mean? And um, like scientists, when you go to school and you learn about plant sciences, there were things that I found that people didn't really know about. For example, my friend who's PhD in organic chemistry so I picked her brain on this because I discovered this really weird thing. So I have a mad scientist lab, okay? The CEO of our company. <laughs> <laughs> he is so wonderful. <laughs> he, he, he allows me to do research and development within state regulations, okay, um, to see things and to, to see if I can I, – I try to break myths that I hear or I try to discover uh, new great things. Anyways, one of the things I discovered was if the pH was like – too low in a mix with organic compounds and nutrients, then I would get like these weird like clumps within like literally seconds when I added a source of oxygen to it. Anyways, it was this weird thing and I was trying to stabilize this mixture. Reached out to my friend. She had no idea. She never saw that in her entire life. So So you're still talking about uh, marijuana here then? Yes, marijuana. Yes, You're testing marijuana yes yes sorry yes this all of my plant knowledge and my well not all of my plant knowledge a good majority came from my career in marijuana because of the ceo believing in my curiosity and my sciences and allowing me to try them and research and so yeah anyway so i i learned something that she wasn't taught in school because again the the world is complex everything around us is complex and as much as we try to ping them and put them into a book Mm -hmm. you're still gonna see things that 
The unknown. The unknown. There's always an unknown to everything. So um, if I don't ever get to school, I would be fine with that too because my experience has taught me a lot of things that has brought me to where I am today, which is uh, pretty successful. So in, in my eyes, <laughs> successful in the, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so to right. me, that's successful. <laughs> For me, success is when you don't have to look at the price on the menu. that's so funny enough about that though i have i have friends that are millionaires i have several Mm -hmm. and uh that's all from the again the industry that i've just bumped into these people and uh anyway so it's funny and i brought this up to my boss uh and i'll just his name's mr black likes to be called randy okay so i brought this up to randy because it's just interesting I was like, is it just me, or does it seem like the richer people get, the more they dress like they're homeless? <laughs> Not oh homeless, God. but like comf- but like comfortable. Yeah. And he was like, the more you live and the, the more you experience life, he said, you will find that to be absolutely true. Because I met these people that made like 37 mil a year, like stupid money, right? They were driving a 2020 Tundra. <laughs> not a not a Ferrari or not Lamborghini, a, no, or whatever. No, they weren't. And the other person who also driving a Tacoma, and <laughs> they were just wearing regular flannels, regular jeans, very casual people. And they're one of many that I've met that were just so casual, so chill. Just drove basic, average cars, nothing too crazy. And he said, "Yeah, the more you find, the richer they are. Generally, that's how they behave, and that's what they have." Right? Weird. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. I guess. <laughs> like, did you know Warren Buffett still is in the same house that he bought, like, back in the 70s or something like oh, that? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah see? <laughs> he just sort of likes that house. I don't need find happiness anywhere else. <laughs> That's so cool. You think about, like, yourself getting all that money, and you're, like, out by this and this and this, and then in reality, you'd probably be like... I'm just gonna dress in my sweatpants and my sweatshirt. <laughs> that, that's the goal. That's the peak of success is when you can go anywhere in sweatpants. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, getting back to the grow, mm-hmm. what can you tell me the difference between cannabis, hemp, and marijuana? Oh, okay. That's, that's actually a really good question. I was curious. Because I, I honestly, I do not know. Okay. I just, it's all the same to me. You're right. It is all the same. Ah, that's ah. it. Crazy, right? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> so you have cannabis as your species, okay? okay? That's your species at the top, right at the top of the pyramid. And then you have hemp as a variety, and then you have marijuana as a variety. Hemp and marijuana are both cannabis. The hemp is a variety of cannabis. Marijuana is a variety of cannabis. And so that's why I know people like try to call marijuana cannabis and it is cannabis, but it kind of is weird because that's like when you have a shepherd, you just call it a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, that of, makes sense. Because it's like, yeah, it's can't. When people are like, oh, yeah, I'm in the cannabis industry, I'm like, hemp or marijuana? And then I'm in the cannabis, I'm like, hemp or marijuana? <laughs> Which one? Because <laughs> they're different. They're the same, but different. Yeah, and they're like, I grow cannabis. And I'm like, oh. Again, hemp or marijuana, which one is it? So, because they are different. And I know a lot of people don't like the marijuana because now people are getting political about it for some reason. And, you know, if that's fine, but give it another name at least. Don't just call it cannabis because they are different. They are biochemistry-wise different. They're not identical. They are, but they're not. 
for example, hemp produces more CBD, right? And right. marijuana produces THC. That's the biggest difference that we all know about. They're also different as far as hemp is hyperactive. Hemp will pull everything from your soil. Everything. In fact, I actually met some cool scientists in the um, Nevada Department of Ag that when, when hemp went federally legal, because Nevada obviously can't grow shit else, they got so stoked. <laughs> I suppose. About hemp. <laughs> They got so they're like, yes, we finally have stuff we can do with it. You know, we have something to surround our time with. So they were so stoked about hemp. So they just went all out with hemp, uh, just researching the crap out of it. Yeah. And I met scientists there that told me that hemp can pull radioactivity out of the soil. Oh, really? Oh. Really? I thought that was only sunflowers. I. I didn't even know sunflowers could do it. Thanks, Ricky. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so you learn something new every time you interact with someone. And uh, so, no, they, they pull radioactivity out of the soil. Marijuana cannot. Marijuana does not do that. It is okay. not as, in, as hyperactive, they call it, as, as hemp. So they are, in fact, different from each other. Yes. So with hemp pulling everything out of the soil, doesn't that damage the soil? That's a good point. It could. I don't know the exact data or statistics on hemp crops. Um, I think we're probably still a ways into growing enough of it to kind of get a feel for it. Um, but then, too, you know, at that time, just like with corn does the same thing, you know, so what, what they do is they'll usually just grow corn and then they'll, like, throw soybean in or something and then they'll just, okay. like, till it under, um, you know, to, to replenish the, the soil again. Uh, so uh, it, it could, but then again, though, it's not very, um, I have not grown hemp now. Okay. I haven't grown hemp. I've just grown marijuana. And so marijuana, um, really in the grand scheme doesn't use a ton, ton of fertilizer, uh, nutrients. It does, but, um, not, not really. So I would assume that hemp is probably about that same degree. So it pulls things from the soil, but the things that we're talking about in the soil, which are important, right, to agriculture are like microbials and uh, you're talking about like nutrients, right? You don't want it to strip all the nutrients out of that soil. Um, that I, I don't know if it will do that. I just know that it will pull things out. But then too, as p plants pull things out, it's not like they're just emptying it all and, and yeah. they're not taking all of it. So I don't, there's a lot more science yeah. into that question that I really can't fully answer. I'm just kind of giving an educated guess on it at this point. So, yeah, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, it is an interesting question, though. I definitely have to have to ask someone about that. Um, but from what I've heard of agri like hemp farmers that I know, um, I have not heard of them having to do that where they've had to till things under. But then again, I don't know the regimen. I don't know right. if they're adding or feeding them fertilizers. I don't know that kind of stuff either. So, yeah. Hmm. Maybe you'll just have to do some research of your own. <laughs> yes, I do know some <laughs> hemp growers, but um, that is actually something I haven't uh, pursued, I guess I should say, because it hasn't really came in my path quite yet i haven't had to learn yeah. a ton about hemp because it's not something that i'm involved with and marijuana man that keeps my hands full just and like you said they're <laughs> on opposite sides of the pyramid so mm -hmm. yeah yeah they are for sure well, it sounds like you have your hands full with it anyways yeah marijuana is definitely <laughs> it keeps me busy <laughs> it certainly does <laughs> yes so 
I would love to see the grow. The, you have to the facility. It. Whenever you're in Missouri, check it out. Green Valley, Missouri. Are you, are you down? Sure. <laughs> <You're> down. <laughs> I'll go check it out. It sounds fun. It is. It's on. I hear that it's uh, unlike anything you you would think, and that's from I I have city officials that I've brought through the facility. The mayor. Uh, I've had anyone that I can get to come to the facility that um, doesn't quite know about the industry or what to expect. I always try to bring them in because yeah, we're not a bunch of stoners fondling plants all day. We have we have purpose and mm. we have protocol. Fondling plants. <laughs> <laughs> fondling plants all day. <laughs> we have purpose. We got protocols. We got regulations. So yeah, it's uh, I think uh, marijuana definitely um, if you ever go to MJ BizCon that might be like a cool thing to go to, even though you're if you're not in the industry, because the science and the technology that's involved right now is crazy. Because you think about it, marijuana is making good money, right? Well, what? That's a booming thing. Depends. Yeah, depends. Um, depends on what state you're growing in. Uh, anyways, so it uh, sparks a lot of people to want to create new things to make part of that money. So it's really driving a lot of companies to come out with cool and new technologies. Because in the agricultural industry, you can make money off of things, but not really because corn, what, you get like freaking like six for like $5 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's cheap. Yeah, you can't really like make much money. Cents a, what are they called? An ear. An ear. Yes. Yeah. That's a weird word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> For that. Uh, so, yeah, you really, there's not as much money involved in typical agriculture. Um, so, it's really driven a lot of companies to come out with some cool things. So, that's also the cool thing about marijuana that a lot of people don't know is a lot of really great technologies and sciences and discoveries have came out um, from it. And, in fact, the industry created over uh, 400,000 jobs in the in the country so far. Oh, Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I know. If you think about that, just one industry doing yeah. that. Yeah. And good jobs, too. You know, yeah. like, people make decent wages, um, and you you learn different things. Uh, I always tell people if you're going to come and work in my facility is what I tell people where they're like, oh, I've done this, I've done this, and it can't be that hard, right? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's hope <laughs> for you. <laughs> it's not that hard because it's it's something I tell them that you have, I guarantee, never encountered in your life. And I've had hard workers. I've had people that have been in the been working for 40 to 50 years that will come in there and be like, holy man, I've never worked for anything like this in my life. Never imagined it to be like this. Because packaging, everything's on a, a time schedule. It's like this unique warehouse situation, industrial warehouse. So you mm-hmm. got to be fast. you got to be uh, attention to detail. And while, while you're doing all that, you're packaging soda cans. Um, you know, you're, you're just packaging soda cans. There's no, like, logs like there's there's logs but when you package marijuana okay you literally have a log where you write the starting weight of a lot that pass testing okay okay and then that that lot also say it's like five pounds of bud right has a unique number so you need to make sure you're really paying attention to what lot that you're pulling from and then you need to weigh it you need to write it down on this log then you take it into this packaging room 
Uh, and then you're going to weigh out your jar and put whatever product amount in there, like 3.5 grams, right? When you're done with all that, and by the way, it's not just moseying, chilling out. And we have goals, right? And uh, our goal specifically in our facility is 150 3.5 gram products in one day, one person. That's done, sealed, ready to go to the store, right? And so you're on a time. You, you're working, and you got to make sure you're checking quality and all that kind of stuff. So you're doing multitasking. Mm-hmm. You're weighing your jar. You're making sure that you're weighing your jar and zeroing it out so that it's not accommod- accounting for the weight that you're putting in for bud, yeah. right? And then you got to make sure that there's a quality check. Got to make sure the jar is good. Got to make sure the bud's good while you're on this timeline to get this job done in the day. So you're dealing with multitasking, attention to detail, uh, skills that working at JCPenney probably is not going to get you in most jobs in in that particular area right yeah um you're going to gain skills but to to the degree and efficiency of marijuana world i would argue not because i've had hundreds of employees in my career uh that have worked for me and i will tell you that many of them come from many walks of life and i hear it a lot that it's it's different and you gain skill yeah no matter what you do gardening um, you learn to tolerate heat. You know, we got our rooms at 60% humidity and 83 degrees in this small room. Ugh. There's no breeze <laughs> except for the fan, right? <laughs> and you got to be picking up plants and you got to be thinning them. And then you got to know how plants work because, you know, you don't want to strip them down too much. But then if you leave too much of leaves on them, right, you leave too many leaves on them. Well, now that you're going to have no airflow. And so everything you do, you have to be methodical and you have to pay attention. And then you have logs afterwards, like I said, with that packaging log. At the end of that day, they're all done. They packaged 158ths. Now they got to go in, weigh that same lot, record that weight, do some math, figure out what their waste was. Um, uh, make sure that that all made sense that the, you know, the waste made sense that there wasn't too much. Uh, then they got to record it all and they got to sign and then they got to check. They got to check the count. They got to check the seal. They got to check the wrap. There's a lot of checks and balances after your work. Yeah. yeah. So basically it's not what everybody thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is most certainly complete opposite every time. <laughs> yes. It's very, it's a lot of. A lot of reporting, a lot of recording, definitely. Absolutely. A lot of science, a lot of math. Yes, absolutely. Uh, That's why I always say is I've used algebra and math so much in my career. I'm betting that none of my teachers would have guessed that I've been using what they taught me from (laughs) marijuana. (laughs) Thanks, teachers. That all helped in my uh, growing the devil's lettuce. (laughs) Helped me out a lot there. (laughs) So. But yeah, it's, it's, but so my point is, is that those 400,000 jobs, they're skillful, Mm -hmm. good jobs that are contributing. And two, the cool thing is, is, and we've been proving it in in this facility and in my facility. I say mine, it's Randy Black's facility, but I say mine. You work there, it's yours. I work there, right? (laughs) It's just easier to say that, or our facility. And um, anyway, so you can create a family environment too, because when you're doing something that's, good for the whole and you believe in that right if, for example if you're a fan of marijuana and it helps you and that's your medicine i mean that's taking care of your thing something you are benefiting from right so there's a passion that that goes that goes into that and two if you're i get a lot of actually I have a lot of nurses a lot of people from the school district working for me um, because they know that they want to help people they want to help the whole 
right? And when I say the whole, I say the community and society. Yeah. And they want to help. And working with marijuana, they're feeling like they're doing that. They're serving their purpose. And when you have people that feel that way, your workspace becomes a different kind of space than at any other. Um, you're with When you're with passionate people that just have this one goal and we're all working hard to accomplish it, it's just a different atmosphere. It's completely different. And we treat everyone like family. Our CEO made sure that that was something in his legacy and his purpose was to make sure that his company, that in his company, if you're in our company, you're family. And he took that as, you know, that's what our industry should be like, you know? And so anyways, 400, over 400,000 jobs, you gain skill, you gain knowledge, and you get to be a part of something that's contributing to the whole and you get to be in a unique, cool work environment. It's sad too sometimes that companies don't have that kind of, I don't even know what to call it. Work environment? A work environment, yes. Right. Like the family aesthetic, I guess. It really is. and I, I don't know if it's just because a lot of them are like big corporations where the CEO is... 700,000 miles away and they don't deal with the people who actually work in their stores or yeah I feel like that's yeah. kind of like a lot of how a lot of jobs are too so you have the owner or somebody a million miles away and it doesn't feel like very family friendly dynamic mm-hmm. yeah but also I come from a background of casino work so yeah retail <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, managers too, though, have control. When I was an assistant store manager, uh, they could have been lying to me for all I know. But what I told me <laughs> is that they loved working for me. I was told by the store manager that people just loved being on my shift. So managers have control over it, though, too. And I think that, I don't know, it, it all boils down to just who you put in positions. There are certain people that just, I mean, look at it. I'm not going to get into politics. You just look around. <laughs> just look around. There's certain people that should not be put in certain positions, right? And it's and when I put people in positions, because I'm a director, so I have managers underneath me. And when I pick someone as a manager, I look for someone for one. I don't just hire someone, on, just anyone. I hire them on, and I'm like, look, you have potential. I'm not going to promote you right now. If you can prove yourself, I'll promote you. That's my method. Mm-hmm. And um, so I sit back and I give them tools to succeed, but I don't hold their hand. And I see where the natural leadership is. And this is something Randy taught me. He told me that horses, because he's a cowboy, he told me that horses do the same thing. So you have the group, and he said that just one horse and wild horses will just take charge, will just run. Most times it's a stallion, but sometimes it's a female. Sometimes it's a female. They just naturally take charge and all the horses follow. So I do the same thing with people. Um, I put them in a group and I give them the tools to succeed. I give everyone equal. Everyone knows what I'm saying. I tell the whole group and I sit back and I observe who takes it and runs with it. And then not only does who takes it and runs with it, who has natural leadership abilities, but who will people follow? That's what I care about, yeah. right? Who will people naturally want to follow? So who's who's listening and who do people go to for answers? Okay, so then if you check off those two marks, then I look at humility. If the manager refuses, if so, I'm like, okay, so I'll promote you to like a shift lead, right? Okay, now you're shift lead. Or I'll be like, I'm going to promote you or this person's in charge. 
So then I'll sit back and I'll look at if they will mop or if they will sweep. If you're a manager or shift lead that refuses to mop or sweep, I will never promote you. Because if you can't do something yourself and you expect other people to do it, I, I think that's a problem with leadership is it's not fair. You're not humble. You're not um, like we were talking about a CEO, right? Yeah. Being up and doing whatever they're wanting and not working with the people. If you don't work with the people and you're not doing the hard stuff with them, how are you supposed to know that they're being taken care of? How are you supposed to know that you've given them the proper tools to succeed? Me, even being a director, you'll still, if you ask any of my people, I still sweep with them. I'll still mop. I'll still clean. Even I'm the highest position in that entire facility, and I will go and sweep up for them if they need me to, if yeah. I have time. And I will go do work with them. And that's because I've learned a lot. Like, I learned they needed new brooms when I did that because I swept the hallway one day, and I was like, <laughs> God, this broom is shit. It's <laughs> like, why is this here? And they're all looking at me like, yeah, lady, we know. And I'm like, like, why well, did you say anything yeah. either? <laughs> well, because, you know, they're very respectable people. They I learned that they don't want to complain. They just do with what they have. Yeah. And most people do with what they have. Good employees do with what they have. So I was like, man, screw this. And I went and bought them nice brooms and they, they were all so happy about it. And then, you know, the trash. So we used to use these crap carts to like take out our trash, right? And we had to put in a locked receptacle. We put soil in it. Well, when you have like 30 bags and you have these like U-line carts that are tiny, you're like making multiple trips and our trash can's like 50 feet away from the building. So it's like, God damn, I got to do this like a million <laughs> times. And so I was like, okay, this is ridiculous taking out trash with them one day. And so I went on Facebook Marketplace and I found this huge, like bigger than this table, like big rolling cart that we could put all our trash in. So we just make one trip now. No matter how much trash you have, it's just one trip. Oh, nice. And they were so excited. The efficiency. The efficiency. <laughs> they were like so, they're like, yes, we've been wanting. Like they were just the happiest people ever. And so that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Like it's when you work with your people and you do the daily tasks, in, in, but you're a leader and you can bring change. If you just have someone else go and do it, like your little assistant, right? Go, go do this with them. It's not the same thing. It's not the same, no. It's not your brain doing it. It's not your, you're in the position you're in for a reason. I'm in the position I'm in for a reason. So it's not my brain going there and thinking, when my assistant does it, she's like, okay, yeah, it's just a normal day of work. And I'm like, that's fantastic. You're lovely for that. However, we could do this better. Yeah. And I can make that better, right? I have the power to make it better. And so anyways, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that companies do that, but I think it's because, and I, I kind of blame society for it, in a, in a sense, the culture of our society. We want to be all fancy. We want the fanciest car. We want the nicest clothes. We want the nicest phone. And we're always afraid to humble ourselves, you know. And um, when you get to be a manager position, I hear it all the time. I don't need to mop. I don't need to sweep. I'm a boss. I don't need to do that anymore, right? We see it as like an entitlement. Yeah. And then you never bring yourself back down to make your workspace better. It's a, like a snake eating its own tail situation. Right. And it's something that we, I think, created as a society, unfortunately, unintentionally. I don't think it was intentional. We just want the best life that we can have and the nicest things we can have. Everyone wants that. That's fine. That, that's, mm -hmm. that's a great thing. Yeah. We should. But at the same time, we need enough self-awareness to come back Or down. also remember you started, at, started there at one point also. There we go. Yeah. Or remember. Yeah. That's a good point, Lou. Lou, yeah, everyone. 
It's not just Alyssa. It's Lou. Lulu. <laughs> yeah, Morgan calls me Lou on here all the time, and I'm like, does she? I don't know. But it, it is okay, Alyssa. Yeah. <laughs> I, our listeners hear both. It's it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, I think I'm spent. I'll have, I've asked <laughs> all shrinking. my questions. Yeah, I have learned so much. Yeah, it's very informational. Thank you so much for coming down and letting us pick your brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, you opened a can of worms. You yeah. should just go ask it references first. Before We're going to have to have part two, part three, part four. <laughs> <laughs> part three, part four, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe if we come down sometime in the near future, we can tour the facility and... You could even bring your little fancy camera. Oh. Yeah. Bring your camera, make it like a show of it. I'd love to show your listeners what we do and yeah, that'd our be passion. Really cool. yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome, actually. Yeah. Let's do it. Sweet. All right. All right. Well, so, stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to that trivia question. Oh. God, what was it again? I don't know. You asked it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you to repeat it. It was, how much money did Colorado make in 2021 on marijuana or from marijuana? And they are recreational and medicinal, correct? Yes. You go first. So you were projecting, you researched that they were projecting $40 million for Missouri. On top of 113. Oh, top of 113. Oh my god. Let's just go with I'll just say 150. 150 million? Mill. I'm going to go with 387 million. <laughs> just so specific. specific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read a statistic somewhere, but I could be wrong. You're closer. Okay. It's 423 million. $486,053 in tax revenue. Dang. And in 2021, Colorado saw about $2.19 billion with a B in marijuana purchases. That's according to marijuanamoment.net. Dang. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's an insane amount yeah. of money. Well, again, Sadie, thank you for coming here and, like Ricky said, letting us pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Teaching us new things. And we'll definitely plan a time to come tour your facility down in Missouri. Sweet. You guys are going to love it. Missouri made marijuana. Missouri made yes. marijuana. Yes. Kabunkies are product. I love our company. Our company's fantastic. So yes, thank you for having me too, by the way. It's uh I love to talk about my passion. So Yeah, we can definitely tell your passion about what you do and that you have a good time at your job and that's what you know everybody strives for. Yeah. Sure. All right, guys. Well middle of the res road saying we'll see you next week. See ya. Hi.